Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank You for bringing us here tonight. Lord, we do thank You for all the blessings that You pour out on us. and The blessing of belonging to You and being aware by Your grace, Lord, being aware of You and who You are, knowing You, knowing the truth. Father, we thank You for Your Word. and Again, pray tonight as we um, look at this passage that uh, we'll be considering. Father, that You give us direction, give us discernment, give us understanding. Open our hearts to receive Your truth. And just as the Lord prayed for us in John 17, we, we pray uh, also, Lord, sanctify us. Sanctify us. Make us holy by Your truth. Lord, uh, we ask these things for our good and edification and that ultimately You be glorified through it all. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Are there uh, any, before I start here, any burning questions? Um, and I just want to give you opportunity from time to time. Any, any questions on anything we've talked about so far in the Gospel of John? That was one I read the quote from. That was F.F. Uh, F. Bruce. He's a uh, yeah. He was a writer, theologian, commentator. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. I think he. Uh, yeah, I think in fact I think some time ago. But he he was a good theologian, good commentator. And the other one was D.A. Carson, and, <clears throat> and he's still alive. And it's like I, I think I said the other day. Any, Anything that you get your hands on by D.A. Carson, I suggest uh, do it. You know, I, mean, I say anything because there's he, he's a prolific writer, so there's multitudes of stuff in, in a multitude of stuff in print. But also, you know, because of the technology today, there's lots of video, YouTube video, and all that kind of stuff that these guys do. The ones that are still living, of course. Uh, there's lots of stuff out there. Lots of free resources. It's great stuff. Any questions on what we've been talking about? Well, I appreciate that. I'm going to have one for you here, and if you think of one um, while I'm talking about that, then, then feel free. Uh, you know, I'll give you another opportunity in a minute. But uh, um, in light of the text tonight, um, and I'm I, well, I'll tell you what. I'll just read it first, and then and then I'll I'll throw this question out. But uh, let's read. Uh, this morning we talked about verse 12, and I'm going to start there again and read through verse 30. <laughs> again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from, where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him, because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. 
So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He who has not, he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. As He was saying these things, many believed in Him. Okay. Um, any questions come to mind <laughs> before I get started here? Okay. Just want to give opportunity from time to time in case, in case you, you know, uh, something that you want to uh, mention. So here's here's one I'm going to throw out to you, um, and I'm I'm thinking um, this is especially relevant because of of the mindset today around us. Um, how do you deal? with the exclusivity of, of Christianity, with, with the exclusive uh, claims that Jesus makes. So, for example, and let me just be a little more specific here. So, for example, when somebody says to you, um, it, Jesus can't be the only way or, or something of that nature, how do you respond to that? And feel free to be honest here. I'm, I guess what I'm asking is, do, do, do you have any... Any doubts about that? Or you may say, no, I don't have any doubts about that. How, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you deal with that? How do you respond? Probably the uh, first thing I would mention is that I believe that, the, uh, that God's Word as a community is true. Amen. There isn't any error or sin. It's uh, you know, uh, totally inerrant. And I believe every bit of it, which, you know, you know, which you have to if you're going to be saved. Amen. And that's what... So essentially, you can tell them I believe the Bible, right. and I say that's a good answer. Of course, you're going to hear something like, "Well, you know, other groups have their holy books too." But I still say that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good uh, distinction. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Could be no argument. And really, no one can understand that until the Lord saves them. Suppose, suppose they say to you, um, "Well." And this is, this, you probably heard this, because I mean, this is a classic question. Suppose they say to you something like, well, what about the, the guy, you know, born in the bush out in uh, Australia somewhere or whatever, who's never, or, you know, Africa or whatever, Papua New Guinea, he's never even heard about Jesus, and he lives his whole life from birth till, you know, he's 80 years old, and he drops dead, and he's never even heard the name of Jesus. Is he not... Saved, he doesn't have an opportunity. Is he going to hell, even though he's never heard about Jesus? So how do you, how do you answer that? God said he revealed himself to all people through creation. Hmm. General revelation. If if he's not a believer in Jesus, you're saying if he's not a believer in Jesus Christ, he's he's going to hell. That's strong. I say I don't know. <laughs> but that's a different situation. I, I think. I think that's a different situation. Trust God. Trust God. Amen. Amen. Very good. Very good. You'll never know the person 
I've heard that one across the line with those 22 babies died in that tornado. Hmm. They got to be in a better place. And and I think that's the 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 best answer is trust God. Trust God. Or you know the the Bible tells me this and so I just believe the Bible because I trust God because I trust God. We have we um, have to understand that Jesus says that all that the Father gives Him will come to Him, and if it's God's will that they be saved, they will be saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, you know. I don't guess so. Yeah. 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 Evangelicals are with that in that area then because um, a lot of people say Jesus died for everybody's paid for everybody's sin and they're still going to go to hell even though he paid for their sin so at least he's saying he paid for their sin and so they're going to heaven um, I would say that's more consistent although I, you know I don't agree with him I still say that's more consistent um, all right let me go back to I want to clarify something I just said to Dan because I do think it's the, the the thing with the infant is different however I, I, it's not different in this sense. The, the infant child and the guy in the bush in Africa or wherever, you know, whatever place we want to put him, neither one of them are innocent. So, so, so it is the same in that sense. We're, we're, we're talking about sinners. We're talking about sinners. All right, so um, nobody, and this is where we kind of have to start if we believe the Bible, nobody is innocent, and that's why I think Sheila could say so strongly, um, well, if, if he doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, he's going, he's going to hell. He dies in his sins, the way Jesus says it here. You, you will die in your sins if you don't believe. You say, well, the, you know, the guy over there or the infant or whoever, the guy over there in the bush, he never even had the opportunity. He never even heard the gospel. But, but that doesn't change whether he was innocent or guilty. Right? Doesn't 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 change one way or the other that he's deserving of of eternal damnation. All that says is he never got to hear the gospel, but it doesn't say anything about his his personal guilt or innocence. And the Bible says that, it teaches us that we're all guilty, and this is why Jesus says, if you don't believe, you die in your sin. Um, because every single one of us, without exception, in other words, what, what we tend to do is when we think about people in those situations is assume their innocence. Whether it's an infant or uh, you know, a newborn baby or, or a guy who's 90 years old but has never had the opportunity to hear the gospel. We, right. We, as, we tend to assume innocence. And that's just, not, um, that's just not reality, according to the Scripture. We're all born in sin. We're all slaves to sin. So we start out guilty. We start out condemned. We start out perishing when we come into this world. And a person who comes to faith in Jesus Christ, um, you know, that, of course, is, is, is by grace. Now, let me go back to some things that Jesus says here. I want to hone in on because because, again, what, what John's whole deal is here, and this is what I'm, what I'm trying to emphasize with those questions, is that it is essential to believe who Jesus is in order to be saved. And in fact, I would go so far as to say, and I'd have to go to other passages like Romans 10 to bear this out, but I would go so far to say that a person has to hear the gospel in order to believe, and they have to believe in order to have eternal life. So if you kind of trace that backwards, you don't have eternal life unless you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that He died for your sins and so forth. And you can't believe unless you've heard. So, so you've got to hear the gospel. That's, that's the argument that Paul lays out in Romans 10. How can they hear without a preacher? Right? How can they believe unless they've heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? So somebody's got to go tell them. And that's why, by the way, it is so important for us to get to you know, people who are in the bush in Africa or Papua New Guinea or you know, wherever it is, the inner city in, in Shreveport, doesn't matter where it is, anywhere that they haven't heard the gospel, it's important for us to get it to them so that they can hear. Listen, if I thought that they were going to be automatically saved, you know, 
just, they never had the chance to hear the gospel, and therefore they're automatically saved. And I would say, let's, let's quit evangelism, because all we're doing is making things worse. Uh, in other words, if they're going to be saved if they never hear, let's make sure they never hear. That way they've got a sure ticket in. But that's not what the Bible teaches. They're damned, just like you and I were. And so we, we need to get the gospel to them. They need to hear the gospel. Now, the, Does that also uh, include people that uh, think that they know the truth and they think they believe in Jesus, but it's not real? I mean, you know, probably at least 60% of the people that uh, claim to be part of the Christian church don't, aren't saved. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have... I, you know, I've heard... I wouldn't have a clue what the percentage is, but I'm sure there are there are hypocrites, and 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 they, yeah. If, the thing is, the hypocrite's not a, a true believer. And when Jesus says here, if you don't believe, you'll die in your sins. Yeah, that, that applies to them. It has to be real. He he doesn't mean just giving some kind of uh, uh, mental assent, just making a profession, which is what gets pushed a lot in our day. You know, just come down, say the prayer, make a prof- profession, and you're good. You're in. And that's not what he's talking about. He's he's talking about a radical transformation to where you go from you know not knowing him, not loving him, hate maybe even hating him, um, you know openly hating him to following him. You love him, you pursue him, you walk with him, you adore him, you worship him, you want to be with him and you long to be with him forever and you want to be like him. So it's a it's a radical transformation that takes place in a person's life that redirects them. That's what he's talking about. When he says, believe on me, you believe on me, you follow me. We saw that this morning. You follow me in verse 12. I am I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life or the life-giving light. Uh, life-giving light. But it requires following him. You, know, you, you go after him. You pursue him. You walk with him. You imitate him. You seek to know him. You know, all, all of those things that, you, that, you know, you, that are a part of following Him, learning from Him, being taught by Him, obeying Him, observing His commandments, all, all of that is, is, uh, is part of following Him. And that's what He's saying. You've you got a totally new direction now. And you see that play out in the, in the, uh, with many of the disciples. You know, they're, they're doing one thing, going about their business. Jesus comes along and says, follow me. And what do they do? They forsake whatever they were doing and go after Him. So we've we got several scriptural examples of that. Okay, so let me, let me go back to what he says here. First of all, I, in reading through the first several verses, <clears throat> he just emphasizes um, John here by, by recording this discourse for us, emphasizes Jesus' own testimony about who he is. And here in, in uh, verses 13 through about verse 20 roughly, the the the, uh, the Jews are coming at him about that. You know, you're testifying about yourself, and therefore your testimony is not true, which Jesus had just recently said. We just read that. And that's coming from the Old Testament law, that you have to have at least two witnesses, two or more, to establish something as true. But now Jesus responds this way. He says in verse 14, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. <laughs> That's an amazing statement. Because he, he had just said earlier on that it requires more than, two, more than one witness, two or more. And that's what they're, they're, they're probably, they may have been there standing there when he, they heard him say that. Plus, they know the law. And so, um, they're trying to use that against him. But Jesus says, no, even if I testify myself, my testimony is true. Well, how can that be? Because his testimony is never single. That's what he goes on to say. In other words, it's not just him. He, he is testifying of himself, but it's not just him. And because also he cannot tell an untruth. And that's what he says first. You, he says, um, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. He's saying, I know me and you don't. <laughs> you don't know me, but I know me. I know where I've come from. I know where I'm going. He keeps talking about going, and they, they're wondering, what's he going to do? You know, kill himself? You know, where I'm going, you cannot come. He knows that he came from heaven. He's returning to heaven, and that's what he's saying. I know where I came from, 
I know where I'm going, my origin, my destiny. You're ignorant concerning these things. I know who I am. I know the Father. The Father knows me. You're ignorant of all of these things. And so even if I testify myself, my testimony is true because I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. But you don't know where I came from. You don't know where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet, and we talked about that previously, it's not what he's back in John 3, that's not what he's come for at this time. He's came, he came to save. I mean, he will make judgments, but he hasn't come to condemn. Judge in that sense. He came to save. But I and the Father... Um, I judge no one, and then verse 16, yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone. That's what I was getting at a moment ago. For it is not I alone who judge. He's saying I'm not alone. They're saying you're bearing witness of yourself, therefore your testimony is not true. And he's saying, well, yes, but I'm not alone. But I am the Father who sent me. So he's saying I'm bearing witness and the Father's bearing witness. How is that happening, primarily? Happening in more ways than one. But what's one? How's the Father bearing witness? As far as Jesus talking to these Jews and saying the Father is bearing witness, how is the Father bearing witness? Because He's not there physically in the conversation. Through the words, through the works, right? They've been seeing Jesus do miracles, right? The words is good because the teaching, in other words, his, his teaching is consistent with, with God's will. He's going to go on to say that uh, at the very, uh, the very end of the section we read. Um, I, I do always do the things that are pleasing to Him. In other words, his whole, his whole life and conduct is perfectly in line with God's will. God is speaking through Him. It's God's, that's, what, that's who He is, right? God's Word personified in the flesh. God's Word in the flesh. So God is testifying. Everything that Jesus does is the Father testifying. Everything that He says is the Father testifying. And then you have cases too, like at His baptism, when God speaks directly from the heavens and says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Old Testament prophecy. Yeah, there you go. See, there's another example. Old Testament prophecy, looking forward to Christ. Jesus is fulfilling it. So, the, so that there again, the Father is testifying through Scripture. So He's saying, I'm not the only one testifying about myself. It's me and the Father. And they said in verse 19, Where is your Father? And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. Notice He... He's saying plainly, they don't, these are very religious Jewish people, but He's saying, you don't know God. The very God you claim to worship, kind of like Dan was talking about a moment ago, the very God you claim to worship, I'm telling you, you don't know Him. That's what He's saying. You don't know Me. You don't know My Father. If you knew Me, you would know My Father also. These words He spoke in the treasury as He taught in the temple. But no one arrested Him because His hour had not yet come. I would say there's... There's testimony even there. You got people wanting to kill him, and they just can't seem to get it done. And they don't know why, but it's not time yet. I mean, it's going to happen, but it's not time yet. His hour had not yet come. So even that is testimony. He's moving, they hate his guts, and he's moving about teaching and doing what they want so badly to stop him from doing. And if anybody else, they would have just stopped him. They, they, you know, why couldn't they stop him? wasn't his time yet. So he said to them again, in verse 21, I'm going away and you will seek me. Now hear what he says. And you will die in your sin. You will seek me and you will die in your sin. Jesus is not known for, um, you know, trying to make things palatable mincing words I mean he just he just tells the truth you will seek me and you will die in your sin why is that well he's already said because they don't know him they don't believe on him and he goes on to say again here where I am going you cannot come 
So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says, where I'm going you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below, I'm from above. Remember what he just told them. I know where I came from, I know where I'm going, you don't know where I came from or where I'm going. So now he's giving some explanation here. You're from below, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Now he, he, he says it again, emphatically, reemphasizes. I told you that you will die in your sins, and here's why. For unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. See, there's none of this business about, there's, there's other ways. If you don't believe that I'm He, um, you know, it's, we're all graded on a curve anyway, so I mean, you'll, you'll probably make it. Or, I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm gonna go to the cross and, and pay for everybody's sins, and, and so that way, even if you don't believe, you'll get in. There's none of that kind of talk. He said, he's straight up, if you don't believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. Now, notice something here. And by the way, getting back to the, the atonement for just a second, um, I've heard a lot of people say, the, the, you've probably heard this too, they'll say the, the only sin today that will send somebody to hell is unbelief because Jesus paid for everybody's sins when he died on the cross. Well, notice that he uses the plural in verse 24. In other words, the result of unbelief is dying in your sins. You're held responsible for your sins. It is, in the, uh, it is singular. He, he seems to use them interchangeably, uh, and, and we do that as well. Sometimes you, you speak of sin. You mean, you mean all of your sins. You know, Lord, forgive me of my sin. And I don't, well, which one? You know, <laughs> 10 million in the last five minutes. But, but I can make that statement. And, and, and mean all of them, right? Forgive me of my sin, Father. And so, or you could say, forgive me. We use it interchangeably too. Forgive me of all my sins. And that's what he's doing. He, do, he does use the singular in verse 21. And sometimes people cite that and say, well, you see, one sin. But, uh, but again, clearly, um, in verse 24, he uses the plural, you will die in your sins. In other words, your sins aren't covered. If you don't believe, your sins aren't covered. If, if you don't believe, you're responsible. You're held responsible for your sins. There's, there's two options. Christ pays for your sins at Calvary. The other option is you pay for them yourself. I, 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 I don't believe there's um, a double jeopardy with God. I don't know, double payment. If, if you, I, you know, recently, you know, we were in a restaurant and somebody paid for our meal. Well, if the guy, when, 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 when I came time for me to pay the ticket, they said, somebody paid for your meal already. Well, suppose the guy hadn't told me that. You know, he just went ahead and took my money. Now he's got paid twice. Wouldn't that be dishonest? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be double payment? Sure it would. And the guy was honest, and he said, no, somebody's already paid for your meal. You don't know anything. There's two options. Either Christ pays for our sins or we pay for our sins. And what Jesus is saying, it seems to me, is if you don't believe that I'm He, then you face an eternity of paying for your sins. It's an eternity because you, you, you don't have the ability to pay it up. It's because you're, our sin, I keep saying you're, but it's, our, it's all of us, our, our sin is so great that we could spend an eternity in hell and never, never get that receipt saying, paid in full. It requires an infinite sin, requires infinite punishment. So it's just ongoing. And if you don't believe that I'm He, Jesus says, you will die in your sins. Now, this little phrase, I, I like this here. He's. And, and, and the Jews come back too and say, who are you? you know? who, who are you? It's kind of like, who, who are you trying to say you are? Jesus says, if you don't believe I'm He. Well, well, who? That's a good question. Who? who? Who are we supposed to believe that He is? Well, John tells us at the end of the book, John says it this way, I've written these things so that you may believe, right? That He's the Christ. The Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, the promised one that God had promised through the ages would deliver Israel. The Christ, and then the Son of God. The only, the unique Son of God. We have other passages in John that 
uh, like, like John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Only begotten Son, so that whoever believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So He's the only Son of God. Now, there's, there's a little interesting, I find an interesting grammatical uh, thing here. The phrase that Jesus uses literally is, I am. If you don't believe, I am, you will die in your sins. That's verse 24. And verse... Uh, uh, let's see. You will die in your sin. Where I'm going? Yeah, verse 24. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. The, the word he is supplied um, because it, it's, it's built into the verb. You don't have to have it. But when you bring it over into English, you know, they, they supply it for clarity. I am he. But literally, it's just I am. And the construction there is, is the same phrase that is used for the name of God. I am. Remember when Moses was at the burning bush and God told him he's going to go and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt and he said, who do I tell them sent me? You know, they're going, they're going to ask. <laughs> they're going to ask. Who do I tell them sent me? And God said, I am. I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. Well, this is the Greek form of that, but it's the, it's the same phrase. And Jesus is going to use it again before we get out of this chapter and, and just make them irate because when he, when he uses it in verse 58, it is so clear what he's talking about that they want to stone him to death for blasphemy, for alleged blasphemy. In other words, I, I, even though it's, it's, a, it's a fairly common phrase I say fairly common because it is emphatic. It, 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 there's a little Greek, a Greek word, amy, that means I am. All right. What Jesus did here is take the Greek word for I, ego, ego. If you remember that, if you think about it, you know, let go of my ego. Um, ego, which is where we get our word ego. And he uses that pronoun along with the to be verb, a me, which, which again means I am. You could just use a me and say I am, I am. But Jesus uses ego, a me. So he's, it's very emphatic. I, I am. I, I am. That's why I say it's fairly, it's, it's fairly common, but it's, it's unusual in that regard because it's so emphatic. And in a, in a theological context, you would only use it referring to God because of, uh, because of the, uh, the burning bush experience where God says, I am. My name is I am. And in the Greek Septuagint, the Greek, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's that, it's that same phrase, ego, a me. Ego, a me. Now, like I say, in verse 58, it's clear that's what he's doing. And, and, I'm, and I'll just read it right now. Lord willing, we'll get down to it later. But he says, when, when, when he speaks about Abraham, they say, you've seen Abraham? You're not even 50 years old. You, you think you've seen Abraham? In verse 58, Jesus comes back and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> you know what he's saying? A couple of things. One, one, he's saying, I've been around longer than Abraham. Let me tell you. I, I, may, I may be 33 in human form or you know, roughly 33 years old, but I've been around longer than Abraham. Why? Because I'm the I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Now, if there's any doubt in your mind, and I just, I just read a little piece of literature the other day put out by the Jehovah's Witnesses that say Jesus nowhere ever claimed to be God. If, if, if there's any doubt in your mind that that is true, um, all you got to do is look at verse 59. So they picked up stones to throw at him. Now, why did they do that? Well, they knew exactly what he was doing, right? They knew exactly what he was doing. And Jesus didn't. What you don't see in the next verse is Jesus going, whoa, 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 you misunderstood. Hold up, hold up. Time out. Y'all just took me, whoa, you're taking me out of context, you misunderstood. No, he meant what he said. And they knew what he said, and they were going to stone him for blasphemy, for claiming to be God. But Jesus hid himself and went out 
through the temple. So he, he got out uh, got away. Yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they, the, the thing I read the other day said he never ever claimed to be Almighty God. They, that's how they made the distinction. A God. Which? What kind of confusion is that? You know, and there's no other God. There's one God. Amen. One God. Not not a big one and a little one. One God. All right. So. I think I think that may be part of what Jesus is doing here too in verse 24. If you don't believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. See, I mean, we we have to come on His terms and receive. You know, you hear a lot about receiving Christ, which is fine, but we got to receive Him for who He says He is. I can't. I can't conjure up my own ideas about the Messiah, Jesus, and, and uh, you know, I think Jesus is this and that, and, and I will receive him based on that. That's what they tried to do, too. You know, they, we just read where they were going to take him and make him a king. They had their own idea about what a Messiah should be, and, and he didn't want any part of that. Or back in chapter 2, when they saw the miracles that he did, they believed on him, and Jesus, though, he knew their hearts. So John says. He would not entrust Himself to them because He knew what was in man. In other words, He knew they didn't really believe. They, they believed He was a, a wonder worker. They believed He was a fascinating individual. I mean, they believed He was doing miracles. They were witnessing them. They, maybe they even believed he, he was sent from God in some sense. You know, he was, Some of them were saying, He's a prophet. But they didn't believe He was God in the flesh. They didn't believe that He was the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God come to pay for our sins, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus says, if you don't believe that, you'll die in your sins. I told you, notice how He says, verse 24, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. So they said, Who are you? And Jesus said, Just what I've been telling you from the beginning. And, and, he, and he has, hasn't He? With all, with all of the signs, with all of the teaching, some, some cases explicitly, like He told the woman at the well, I who speak to you am He. And John's been telling us. John says, Calls Him the Word, the Lagos, the eternal Word of God. He was in the beginning with God, that is face-to-face with God in relationship, and He was God. He was divine. He Himself. And He created all things, John says. There wasn't anything made that was made that wasn't made without Him. That's paraphrase, but He made all things. And then John says in 1.14, he became flesh and dwelt among us. Who? The eternal Word. God. The only begotten Son who came into the world to save sinners. And Jesus says, if you don't believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. Universalism that y'all were talking about a minute ago. Some people are blatant with it, like you were saying, the Pope and others, of course. Um, um, you know, I have relatives that belong to the Unitarian Universalist Church and that's the idea, you know, that everybody, if, if whatever their concept of God is, you know, every, everybody's, um, everybody's okay. You know, you're okay, I'm okay, we're all okay. In the end, we'll all get to heaven or, you know, whatever that is. <clears throat> so, um, people have these universalist ideas. Jesus doesn't teach anything like that. It's not coming from the Bible. You must believe Him. You must follow Him. Believe Him means trust Him, like Robert said earlier. Trust Him. Trust Him. Follow Him. Worship Him. Love Him. (laughs) Enjoy Him. Because if you don't, you die in your sins. He came to save sinners. And all who believe on Him, again, John 3.16 says, will not perish, but have 
everlasting life. But we must believe in Him, who He is. Now, I'm being emphatic about that because a couple of reasons. Number one, because Jesus is emphatic about it. John 14.6 I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but through Me. I mean, you can't be much more clearer than that. That is what led C.S. Lewis and others to say He is either a liar or He's a lunatic or He's Lord. There's no other option. People want to say, well, he was a great teacher and you know this and that and he's, he's obviously from God and we love him and we, we appreciate him. so glad that w- what he did, but, but he's certainly not you know, the only way to God. Okay, then he's a liar. Or he was crazy. And if he was crazy, why do, you, why, why do we want to listen to anything he had to say if he was a liar or if he was crazy? Or the third option, everything he said was true. He is Lord. He's either liar, lunatic, or Lord. And the other reason, I mean, that's what he said. And the other reason that I'm so emphatic about it is because that, is, uh, that truth is, is under attack heavily, heavily in our day. We were talking in our class earlier about how Satan comes at us and tempts us. Well, this, this is one way. That truth is under assault big time in the culture that we live in and other places too, but but in the culture that we live it is under assault big time. Some people do it in subtle ways. Some are blatant with it. You know, some, some people just come right out and attack Christianity um, and th- those kinds of things blatantly. Other people are much more subtle, even calling themselves Christians, but saying, you know, there's other ways too. We're, we're, all, we're, all, we're all headed to the same place. We're just taking different roads. We're taking different routes. All religions. Or that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 what uh, y'all were saying a minute ago about the, the Pope—that's that's becoming more common among evangelicals as well. Uh, you know, uh, Rob Bell, who was not not the soundest guy in the first place, but he but he was a very extremely popular um, pastor, mega church up. Uh, I forget which city it is, but up north, pastor and author, and you know about. A year, year and a half ago, he came out with a book called Love Wins. And that's, that's what the whole thesis of the book was. He, and like I say, this guy's had an influence for a long time, especially on young people and what we used to call yuppies. I don't know if they still call them that, but especially on, on young people. Um, he had a hit, big influence. And, and this new book of his, that's what it was all about, universalism. The same old lie. He had become convinced that, uh, that in the end, Everybody's going to be saved. So it's becoming more and more prevalent. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot. A lot. Of, a lot of times, things like that just get discounted. You know, especially Revelation. Hmm. Yeah, now, great question. Um, yes, he's talking about being crucified. I don't think he means that everybody is going to believe, but, it, but it's going to be because they don't. Everybody doesn't believe. But uh, it, it definitely... Uh, yeah, you know, there was to an extent, though... Um, let's see, how can I put it? I guess kind of like back in chapter 2, when they, when they were seeing the miracles, and, and, and John says they believed on him. But we know they didn't really believe in, as far as being saved because Jesus, John says Jesus wouldn't entrust himself to them because he knew what was in man. Um, so... That doesn't, that doesn't, they're not talking about Right. Right. So, so you have some who, are, who, who become convinced in one sense there's definitely something about this guy. Um, maybe even in the sense that they say, let, let me put it this way, let me just go to an extreme. Demons, demon-possessed people would run at him at times and say, you are the Holy One of God. That is 100% correct. And they knew it was 100% correct. But they're not saved. They don't trust Him. They don't love Him. They don't follow Him. So, um, 
James says, you believe there's one God, you do well. <laughs> Even demons believe and tremble. And what he's saying is, that's not enough. That's not enough. You've you got to love Him. You've got to trust Him. So, I, so I, I'm, what I'm saying is, I think maybe what Jesus is referring to there is that some of them are going to be convinced at the crucifixion, but, and, and some of them became believers, but, uh, but uh, not all of them necessarily became believers in the true sense. But they may have been convinced that, uh, well, maybe he was the Son of God, you know, and we just... We just yeah. Right. Right. That's right. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me and that's and that's certainly true of some of them and and in verse 30 um it appears that uh some of them uh believe just on what he just said there as he was saying these things many believed in him so. yeah well he doesn't he doesn't um yeah i have to be careful here because he doesn't let, let me show you what i mean um, look at the next verse, verse 31. We'll, we'll look at this, uh, we'll spend more time on this later, Lord willing. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him. Alright, so verse 30, remember there's no... Like I, I've got a little header in my Bible right there that the editors, editors put in, so it kind of makes a separation between 30 and 31. Well, that wouldn't have been there originally, so the flow of thought moves. As He was saying these things, many believed in Him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Notice he's going deeper with it. He's, he's not saying, it, it, it's, okay, good, now you understand that I'm he. He's saying, you've got to abide in my word. So he's taking it deeper. But for now, just the point here is he addresses them. John describes them as believers. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, talking about the people in verse 30. Okay, when you get further on in the chapter... Um, he tells them they're of their father, the devil. All right? So they're obviously not saved, or at least they're not all saved. And maybe some of them were, but not all of them, or he wouldn't have said that. Um, verse 30. Now look at verse 39. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of Abraham, that Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your father. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. And by the way, that's probably a cheap shot because, um, uh, seriously, because they, they, uh, they, it's, they may well know the situation with Mary and that she was pregnant before uh, she and Joseph were married. So that's probably a cheap shot. They say, hey, we, we were not born of, of sexual immorality. We have one father. And they're, they're implying that he was. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said, if God were your father. So see, John says in 30 and 31, they believe. But now Jesus is saying to them, Abraham's not your father. God's not your father. You're of your father, the devil. So John uses the word, and Jesus uses the word differently at, at different times, and you really have to pay close attention to context. And that's the same thing that happened back in chapter 2. Um, they saw the miracles he, that he did, and they believed on him. And it sounds like, okay, everybody was saved. But then right after that, it, it basically tells us Jesus knew their heart. Well, he's saying, when I was crucified, you'll see what I was saying was true, but not necessarily right. a trusting in you know, these different things. Absolutely. I see what you said is true, but I still rebel in my heart. So right. It doesn't mean... Which is the case with all the demons, you know. You're right. And he did say all the things he said was going to happen, happened, and he did fulfill what he said his father had planned So you can believe in that sense yeah. and not be saved. And that's why Jesus takes it deeper. He says, if you abide in my word, then you're truly my disciple. See, he makes a distinction. It's not just giving mental sin. It's not just making a profession. It's not just saying, wow, we are in awe of your miracle working. And, you know, hope you can, uh, you know, feed us some more. Hope you can heal some more of our sick people or whatever. It's trusting him. Trusting him. Relying on him. That's 
loving him. Yeah. Good to go. Good to go. Right. And that's never the case in the Scriptures. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? Right? Or at the last day, many shall come and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we, you know, we did this in your name, we did that in your name. And I will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. So it's, it's never just profession. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you 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 got to believe. You got to believe that I'm He. And if you really believe, you'll follow me. You'll you'll love me. You'll abide in my word. And like I say, Lord willing, we'll get more into that next time. That's in the in the next section. All right. I guess we better wrap it up there. I don't know about Brother Freddie, but I'm getting kind of hungry. You getting hungry, Brother Freddie? <laughs> Thank God for His grace, right? He's, he's given us His Word. That's the thing, you know. People, you, 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 our, our job is to go out and share the Gospel. and People are going to get upset with us for saying Jesus is the only way. Um, but this is the reason we're trying to get this message out, because He, he is indeed the only way. And we want them to hear. I don't, I, I don't take any pleasure in, in the thought of somebody going to hell. I, I want them to hear the Gospel, right? And uh, so that's our job. Take them the Gospel. Persuade them to, to believe. And, and of course, God ultimately has to change their heart. But, but we, it is our job to preach the gospel to them. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we, we do thank you again for your word. And Father, just um, look to you. Father, we know that you know hearts. Lord, when I, when I look around this room, I'll, I see the outer. I don't, I don't see hearts. I don't know hearts. But you do. We pray, Father, if there's anyone in this room tonight who does not know You in truth, Lord, we pray that they would not be satisfied to go another moment in that condition. We ask You, by Your power, by Your grace, to move, change their heart, to come and worship You, know You, love You, and Lord, use Your truth to change all of us. If, if everybody in this room knows You, we still need to know You better. We need to love You more. We need to be more focused on glorifying You and being about Your business. So we pray, Lord, use Your truth to change us. To make us holy. Do it all, we pray, for Your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.